Hey everybody, a quick message. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month, a monthly book subscription box that helps readers discover new books from up-and-coming authors. The process of choosing your book is so easy and fun. Besides the website and app being really easy to navigate, the smaller but varied monthly selection, which always includes an anticipated new release, by the way, means I'm not overwhelmed with too many choices and it's truly easy to make a decision. And let's be real, we're all about simplicity right now, aren't we? Oh, Mm -hmm. definitely. (laughs) So you guys, I was thrilled when I saw that this month's selections included a book I have been anticipating for over a year. I chose The Paradise Problem by Christina Lauren. It is rom-com at its finest. Think Pretty Woman meets Succession. I chose Spitting Gold by Carmela Locus about two shady spirit mediums in 19th century Paris. I mean, come on. You had me at shady spirit mediums, right? (laughs) This is a brand new hardcover book, and I'm getting it for less than I could get it anywhere else. And great news, you can get your first book for only $5 using the code PEDALS when you order at bookofthemonth.com. That's P-E-T-A-L-S. You guys, we love Book of the Month and we know you will too. Hey listeners, you know that feeling you get when you discover something amazing and all you want to do is tell everybody that you know about it? Well, that's exactly how I feel about Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed super easy and super fun. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you get to build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, they're unique, and they're recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. Those styles show up to you in as little as two days. And then when you're ready for some new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. And that's exactly what I did a couple of months ago when Andy and I took a trip to Hawaii. And of course, I wanted to have some fun, beachy, cute clothes. Armoire was perfect for that. I got the most amazing outfits that I got so many compliments on. And the best part was that when we got home, all I had to do was ship those items back and they didn't have to take up space in my closet unused for a year. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash PCPS. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash PCPS to get up to 50% off your first month. And you'll never have to worry about what to wear again. So try armoire today. Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society depends on support from listeners like you to keep our podcast up and running? We are an independent operation, creating, producing, distributing, and promoting the podcast by ourselves and paying for it out of our own pockets because we love it and we think it's worth it to preserve the well-loved cultural nuggets from our Gen X youth. If you'd like to become a supporter of the PCPS, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. Our Patreon supporters are like our pit crew, giving us the fuel we need to keep on trucking. And as a Patreon supporter, you'll also get special thank you gifts, like video recordings of our episodes, after the episode discussions, invitations to live events over Zoom, and the occasional blooper delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of our society. Not only does it include spoken word performances by C-3PO and the, like, beep, boop, boop, boop of... R2-D2, but it also boasts songs like Sleigh Ride, 
And what can you get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? <laughs> Hello world is a song that we're singing Come on get happy A whole lot of love and it's what we'll be bringing We'll make you happy Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who probably put romper stompers or a hippity hop on their Christmas list. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be exploring our collection of Christmas records, looking for the most 70-est of them all, often from people who may, or may not, be singers, or even people. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Hello world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Christmas music dominated the pop music charts in the 1970s. Some of these albums came from legit performers like the Jackson 5 or the Carpenters. And some of them, not so much. <laughs> like, the, like this classic. Antonio Fargus a.k.a. Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> TV's favorite informant, singing, It's Christmas! <laughs> this was, I'm not kidding you guys, this was actually a reggae single, and it was only released in Germany and the Netherlands, and what? in the, in the Naturally. intro, right, in the intro he says, Merry Christmas from Antonio Fargus, Huggy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> he does it throughout the whole thing. Merry Christmas from Huggy Bear. So it's not like he was trying to parlay his role as Huggy Bear into a recording career as Antonio Fargus. No, this is a single by Huggy by Bear. By Huggy Bear, right. Yes, it's by Huggy Bear. Oh you know, goodness. I'm really sad I missed out on that one because I can just imagine, you know, come on, kids, gather around the Christmas tree. <laughs> Let's sip some hot chocolate. Let's put some ornaments on while we listen to <laughs> It's Christmas by Huggy Bear. By Huggy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, he was like a drug dealer. So right, right. <laughs> that is true. I wonder if David Soul had any Christmas singles out there. If Huggy Bear well, did, who was David? He should really he would have been good at that. He would have yeah. been great at that. A little mm-hmm. better than Huggy Bear. Because I'm telling you, it does. <laughs> I'm not feeling the Christmas spirit when I listen to Huggy <laughs> uh-uh, Bear. Uh-uh. I just, I mean, I'm really glad that he was helping Starsky and Hutch. So we we all liked Huggy Bear. But yeah, he was a drug dealer. Yeah. Oh my but God. also <laughs> much like a lot of Christmas albums that come out today by, I'm not throwing rap music under the bus, guys. It's just not my, it's not my music of choice. But like it's rappers sing Christmas. Yeah. It's not for me. But you know, rappers, yeah. uh, there'll be new albums by rappers or whatever. And my mind is like, well- that is just not – that's almost sacrilegious. That's not Christmas music. But you know what? As we've just learned with Huggy Bear, Christmas music is for everyone, and there's a place for, apparently, <laughs> um, drug dealers. I mean, um, drug singing. dealers celebrate Christmas too. I guess, yeah. Of course. <laughs> we just don't You're think so about that. Funny. I love us. <laughs> I just okay. feel like I need a T-shirt that says, drug dealers drug celebrate <laughs> Christmas too. <laughs> Why should we exclude them? Right. You know what, Carolyn? That's a new card. 
Maybe that's, hey, hey, patrons, maybe that's going to be your December, December printable. That's right. With an outline yes. of Huggy Bear. Of Huggy a Bear. Sketch of Huggy Bear. Do it. <laughs> and we did love him. We loved Huggy Bear. Oh, Let's be honest. we did. He was Everybody funny. Loved Huggy yes. Bear. He was yeah. so helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. how can you not with his name? That was a smart move on their part. That was very crafty. Because they could have called him the shark or something like that. Yeah, but it's also like, okay, sorry, I know we need to get back to Christmas music. (laughs) Oh, I did. We digress. (laughs) But also, you know how like um there was always all those um like drug ads or cigarette ads for how dangerous it was because they're making them taste like candy or look like candy for kids. That's dangerous, right? How is that any different than naming a drug dealer Huggy Bear? It's the same type of thing. Yes. You too can be a drug dealer. Right. And here, um, where'd you get those drugs? Well, her name was Strawberry Shortcake, Mom. I thought she was going to smell sweet. I thought, oh I thought it was fine. It yeah. Was fine. Oh, my goodness. Or how about this one, you guys? You're going to love this. Christmas in the Stars. A Star Wars Christmas album. Oh, yes. Well, not only. My, my family would have listened to that. <laughs> oh, oh yes. And you're going to have to find this for them. Not only does it include spoken word performances by C-3PO and the like beep, boop, boop, boop of R2-D2, but it also boasts song li- songs like Sleigh Ride and What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? <laughs> you guys, I'm not making that up. That is a real song. And it is fine. It's sung by the Star Wars Intergalactic Droid Choir and Chorale. <laughs> of course it is. And do they all have on long white robes oh, with like sure. a belt and oh, little... Sure. Wait, did you find these somewhere? Like, did you listen to this? Yeah. Is this somewhere we can put yes. a link in this week's Weekly Reader? It is on Spotify. Fantastic. You can listen Fantastic. to this. Or maybe I saw it on YouTube. But nonetheless, you can listen to this. And it's like, oh, Artu, it's time for Christmas once again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just over here clapping, and we can take all this out. But you guys, no, we I could not have put together a better trio of people to do a podcast. I, I mean, Kristen and Michelle can do the accents and the jazz squares, and I can just laugh and say, "This is so funny." I'm so smart. I just love it. Oh, I just have to share some of the lyrics. Just one line from um, "What Can You Get a Wookie for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb." <laughs> is that like the subtitle? Like I can see yes, it yes, like in parentheses. What can, yes, in parentheses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What can you what can you get a Wookiee parentheses when he already owns a comb? <laughs> so lyrics like everyone will have a cookie. I brought an extra for the Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> oh because yeah. Now I'm automatically going through. How many times do they through. say cookie in it cuz it's All the, the only word words. that rhymes with Wookiee. Is it? This song well, can you get a Wookiee for Christmas, parentheses, when he already owns a comb? It actually charted. It reached number 69 on the Billboard charts. Oh, well. How did I, I know. You're all like, what? <laughs> like, how right. did that happen? Okay, there's wow. one more notable feature about this Star Wars album. And that is, it features, I can't even believe this. This is almost too much. Carolyn, you are going to die. Oh, this no. is so up your alley. It features the first... I'm going to have trouble getting this out. It features the first professional recording of John Bon Jovi. What? what? Yes. As John Bon Jovi, his real what? name, John Bon Jovi, his birth name, he sang lead vocals on the song R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas, which is like 
Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, beep, boop. So wait, let's just halt for a second. So you're telling me before John Bon Bon Jovi was the lead singer of Bon. You can't say it like that. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Whatever. Yeah, the accent. Bon Jovi. Whatever. That's good. He was a member of the Star Wars Intergalactic Choir and Chorus. Like, well, he- I'm not sure that he was oh. a member. This is okay. how it happened. So his cousin owned the recording <laughs> studio. And and John Bongiovi was had a job sweeping floors at the recording studio. And they think they needed someone to come in and sing with R2-D2. Oh. And they're like, John Biovi, come on over. Do you John know? John Biovi. <laughs> Which, yeah, oopsie, sorry. <laughs> I used to call him Bon John Bovi. Um, yeah, do you know bon, who we should bon Jumbo, Christmas? Bon 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 Jo bon John Bovi. Yeah, so that's how that's how he got that gig. Was that the start of his career, do we think? Um I well, certainly if it's his first professional recording, we don't know if he was in garage bands or anything well, before true. that. And he certainly had a voice to carry it off. I mean, he's better than R2D2. So yeah. Oh my! Yeah, that, what a fun that could be fact! That. Thank That's you, Kristen. Such a fun fact. You're welcome. I think we can I just end the episode now. That is enough <laughs> we for me. Might, you know, I'm just the way it's gone so far. I'm wondering if we should. <laughs> I know. Oh no! It, it's got to get better. These, even listeners, these are actually our favorite kind of episodes where we basically throw our notes out the window. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the question is why? Why these cuckoo beans Christmas albums? Why would they do this? In a word, money, money. of course, mm-hmm. because you could make a lot of money in a very short period of time. You only had to promote it for a month. You didn't go on tour or anything like that. There wasn't time. And the consumer was already looking for you. You didn't have to convince anyone that they needed a Christmas album. Record, store, record stores would put all the Christmas titles together in one spot. They would all be displayed. And everyone would make a beeline for those displays because that's why they were there. So they mm-hmm. were easy to sell. Plus, they were less expensive to make because almost none of them included original music. Maybe they'd write one original song, but (laughs) the rest would be exactly (laughs) what the public wanted, Mm -hmm. which was traditional Christmas songs sung by C-3PO, apparently. No, spoken by (laughs) C-3PO. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, He didn't sing a word. And most of those songs are in the public domain, so you don't have to pay for them, nor do you have to pay a songwriter or share royalties with a songwriter. So they were super inexpensive to make. You know what's funny about that, though? I get Mm -hmm. so, like, I love, love, love Christmas. We all do, right? I know. We all love Christmas Mm -hmm. music. We all love our Christmas albums. I love the Christmas albums from, you know, my childhood. I love current Christmas albums, but by about maybe three weeks into listening to Christmas music, I get really tired of the same old songs. I do too. Yet, mm-hmm. I complain all the time when someone tries to put an original. Yeah. You know, like I love Kelly Clarkson's <laughs> Who Christmas album. Who does she think album, she is? Right? Kelly Clarkson's <laughs> Christmas album is amazing. Under the Christmas Tree, original, mm-hmm. solid, great bop. I mean, that is a great song. But there's a couple, like if I'm listening to it and like Wrapped in Red, it's a beautiful song. But I'm like, wait, why are there like four original songs on this album? So I get kind of a little bit salty about that when I yeah, also complain like, about this. If I have to listen to Oh Holy Night one more time, you know? <laughs> but so it's almost this like you can't. This is the conundrum me, of Christmas, yeah. right? Right. I'm yes, totally exactly. with you on that. I get irritated by it all, even though I want something. I'm seeking something, <laughs> and whatever they give me, I'm irritated by it. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and if you get lucky with that one original song, that's why they would stick, like, we just got to try. Let's just get one songwriter. Let's just try. What do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Parentheses when he already has a comb. <laughs> um, because if you get lucky, it would be played on the radio every year until the end of time. Mm-hmm. They recycle it over. It doesn't come and go like regular songs do. It's an evergreen thing that gets recycled every year. And Christmas songs get massive airtime for one month a year. Just listen to this, you guys. Just as a as a benchmark, as a ballpark figure, it is estimated that Mariah Carey earns $10 million a year from All I Want, from for, all Christmas. I want for Christmas. From one song, and she doesn't have to do anything to promote it. She doesn't even have to go out there and sing it. Mm-mm. Well, have you heard when she's tried recently? Holy yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Although, best that she I'm the first it. one to, like, it's best I have compassion for her, given my hot stuff experience recently. So. <laughs> yeah, but I you don't feel make a you, living. Mariah. You yeah, don't yeah, make a living you. off of your voice. Right. Or, yeah, I maybe do you not. do. I don't know. I do not. I do. I absolutely do not. But I did used to when um, Liam went to preschool and you have like a precious two hours to yourself, which is so sad that we counted our free time in two hours. We loved it. Two hour periods. And I went and I bought a karaoke machine and I would drop him off and I would run home and sing karaoke and then run back and pick him up. By yourself? Please tell me just by By yourself. Oh, absolutely. By myself. Oh my God. I love you so much for that. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was such a release. It was such an incredible release. So fun. I love it. Yeah. And nobody can hear you. Yeah. You can sing as loud as you want. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter if it's bad. It was just a release. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. So you can see why every Tom, Dick, and Harry would want to get in on the action and release a Christmas album. And that's where you get these kooky, kooky, so 70s. Christmas albums. So let's share some of our most 70s, 70s Christmas mm-hmm. albums. Michelle, let's start with you. Okay. Well, you know, there's there's a handful to choose from, listeners. Um, but I went with the classic, the evergreen. Actually, this album is still listened to by many today. And I know many of our listeners still love this album today. And that's Merry Christmas from The Brady Bunch. <laughs> this Naturally. was the debut studio album by, and I love how on Wikipedia it said, by American pop group, The Brady Bunch. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Is that how we classify them? That's how they, that's how they're listed. By default? By wow. American pop group, The Brady. Can't you hear Casey Kasem saying that on his countdown? <laughs> and moving up to number two. Um, number 99. This, yeah, this album was released on November 2nd, 1970, which these are the baby Brady Bunchers. This is only one year after the Brady Bunch premiered, which was in September of 1969. Peter with no curly hair. No, these are the babies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically just an album of standards. Um, now, if you look at the cover now, like if you go search for it on Spotify or Apple Music, or if you have purchased one after 1995, you'll notice it's called Christmas with the Brady Bunch because it was reissued in 1995 with that title. This just makes me laugh. It originally was called Merry Christmas from the Brady Bunch, but apparently in 1995 they decided oh, that's confusing. That is going that is a head scratcher. We better reissue this one. We're going to call it Christmas with the Brady Bunch. So anyway, um there's a little fun fact. Now, before I start my review of this album, I just need um, everyone listening to know, this is a little disclaimer of sorts, we here at the PCPS 
We love, love, love the Brady Bunch. We love the of Brady we kids. Yes. We have two whole episodes devoted to our love of the Brady Bunch and the Brady kids. I shouldn't say we love all the Brady kids. If you've listened <laughs> to those episodes, you know that we, Only Jan. Don't, we don't love all of them and mm-hmm. we disagree on some of um, the ones who we love. But um, And let me just tell you that this album is very sweet. It's very pure. Let's just get that out of the way because it's also really awful. You know how, you guys, you know how when you'd go over to a friend's house for dinner and like halfway through the evening, they just surprise you, tell you like, oh, you know what? Our kids and their friends are going to put on a little Christmas show for you after dinner and you're stuck That's there. exactly what it is. That's that is what, exactly it is. what it is. That's exactly what it is. Or yeah. it's, it's like, it's like your, it's exactly like the children's choir at your church. It's like no better or no worse than your children's choir at your church. Not <laughs> a good I church, was, but your yeah, church. Exactly. What I was also going to yeah. say is that it's also like a middle school choir concert because yes. elementary school choir concerts are adorable right? But <laughs> middle school choir concerts are painful because painful. the kids are trying really hard, but they're still really bad. Yeah. That's what this album- Their voices are changing. The girls think they want mm-hmm. vibrato, but they can't. So they right. go, oh. <laughs> right. Um, and I want to start with a quote from the book, Brady, Brady, Brady by Sherwood and Lloyd Schwartz. We used this book a lot in our research for our Brady Bunch episodes, everyone. We recommend it highly. It's such a great, really great account of these years, told by really the only account told by two people who have, you know, any business telling it. Um, But Lloyd Schwartz um, said that Barry, Maureen, and Mike were very musical. That's his words. Very musical. Barry Williams, Maureen McCormick, and and Mike Mike Lickenland. Yep. That's Greg, Marsha, and Bobby. Yeah are very musical. Eve and Susan, Jan and Cindy were okay. And then he says, and then there was poor Chris. (laughs) That's Peter. (laughs) Time to change. So let's just, let's just keep that quote in mind. Um, And let's go down the track list, shall we? So we start with the first Noel sung by Bobby Brady. And let me just point out that that's what the back of the album says. It doesn't say Mike Lickenland. They, they list them by character name, which is a little odd. Um, and it's basically a typical six-year-old out of tune little boy just trying his best to sing on key, but just not quite getting there. Just a hair short of it. But you know what? God love him for trying because he, you know he's a tiny little boy. I feel like he's made to do this album, even though maybe he didn't want to. So I forgive him. Moving on to "Away in a Manger," sung by Marsha Brady. Although it's spelled on the back of the album M A R S H A. No. No, and no, no, that ne- no. And that made it past all the all the editors and everything, which um, that we're is gonna, egregious. Well, and we're going to come back to the person who was in charge of listing everything on the back of the album because I think they were drunk. Wow. Um, Away in a manger is. <laughs> It's lovely. It's very sweet and holy sounding. It's very scoopy. Away in a manger, no crib for. I think she kind of wanted to be a little country. Um, but you know, it's she's a little preteen girl. She's like 13. I'm going to give Away in a Manger a solid B, actually, which I think oh, is a pretty okay. high score. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Third track, The Little Drummer Boy. Um, it's sung by Jan Brady, but really it's all the kids. So I'm a little confused. And maybe only 
one of the saving songs on the album because the drums drown them out. It's like, <laughs> brum, 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 brum. That was the producer. Um, that was brilliant. They're like, right. shit, what are we going to do? Know, right. Get the yeah. little drummer boy. <laughs> louder, louder. <laughs> I know how they he, did that on the tracks. You can like make that track louder. Right, right, I right. I do that sometimes. Our engineer. Our when engineer says. When I'm editing us. When she's trying to drown oh. me out. Right. Um, track four is Oh Come All Ye Faithful, which is my favorite Christmas hymn, like religious hymn song. Um, and it says on the back of the album, it's sung by the group, but it is just Jan, so I'm very confused. Again, oh. I think the guy on the back was drunk. <laughs> this person was not. They were phoning it in. Well, or I'm guessing the person who had to list it on the back, he just couldn't listen to this one. <laughs> because, yeah, and he's like, group. Group. Um, but actually, you know, Jan, she's, she sings, she's very sweet, but again, it's like listening to the little girl who got the solo at your kid's sixth grade middle school choir. And the whole time you're sitting in the audience, just totally bitter because that kid got the solo and your kid didn't. I don't know anything about that, but I can only, I can only imagine that's what you would feel like. Right. <laughs> Someone would. One, one would. Someone might yeah, be right. bitter that yeah. that girl got the solo mm-hmm. and their daughter didn't. I give that a solid C. I give Oh Come All You Faithful a solid C. Um, okay. Oh Holy Night. Now this is one we're going to take a little time on. And um, mm-hmm. Oh Holy Night, again, the art director, whoever that guy is on the back, just didn't care because the back of the album says Greg Brady. Everybody, Wait, please, what? Please listen to this. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. However, Greg does come in strong <laughs> right now. Oh, Oh gosh, that's the hardest. You one guys, to it's I literally startled. Like you have, oh, oh, oh it's Marsha. Oh, holy <laughs> night! <laughs> and then, and then Greg comes in, and I went, oh, oh no. he <laughs> goes, it's startling, right? It's startling. <laughs> now, Yikes. can we just for a second, though, let's revisit Lloyd Schwartz's comment where he told us that Barry was very musical. <laughs> I'm guessing that that was written in like 1974, that part of the book. Um, okay, Silent Night is our next track. Um, it's a group singing, sweet. Um, again, that could be because the music is mostly drowning them out. Also, on Silent Night, I believe the producers have doubled or quadrupled the group's voices because it sounds oh. like the Mormon Tabernacle. Well, it does not sound like the Mormon. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like the whole Star Wars intergalactic choir. Yes. Is and chorale. Yeah. It literally sounds like there's like 48 children singing. It's like they were listening to just Brady's. the six of them and they're going, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Maybe if we do, maybe, maybe if we double it. Oh, no, let's, let's do it again and again. Um, okay. The next song I'm on board with, this is Jingle Bells. Now it's the group. It is jaunty. It is peppy. The kids' voices work with this child song, right? I mean, think about it. Jingle Bells, you expect children to be singing it. This is what 
this is what gets me on board with this song. You can sometimes, if you listen closely, you can hear Bobby over the others, which makes oh me God. imagine little Mike Lookinlin just getting so into it. Like <laughs> maybe his head's tipped up toward the mic. And you know, you can see Bobby, he kind of had that little jerky dance, like when he's and oh, I yeah, just with his that, fists, with his fists up here. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was kind mm-hmm. of adorable. So that one got that was one he shaking a, some bells? Maybe like he's just really getting into his bells. <laughs> Maybe, but I love that. So that one got a solid B plus from me. Okay. Um, Frosty the Snowman, another children's song, right? I no. give this one a good no. grade. Oh, oh God. you are no. This Ooh, is I'm just a yes. Cindy. I'm a yes. Okay, you go first. You go okay, first. Okay. Well, you guys, you know, you know, you all know. I loved Baby Cindy, right? I might be one of the only ones. I loved Baby Cindy, but in no lifetime, in no lifetime, do I need to hear her sing Frosty the Snowman? Honestly, I don't want to hear a five year old singing. Maybe anything, unless I birthed them. <laughs> it's, a I gave of, it a, it's a lot of lisping. I gave Frosty it a D. The snowman. I gave it a D minus. Oh, my. Oh, you really hated it. Okay, when, and I understand that. I really do, because there's a certain perspective that I brought with me to give, me, give it a thumbs up, and that is because it sounds authentically charmingly juvenile. It's extremely yes. juvenile. Like I said, even with the lisp, frosty the snowman. <laughs> and the thumpity thump thump is really cute. Thumpity thump thump thumpity thump thump. And it kind of sounds the way Frosty <coughs> is supposed to sound with, you know, the show I'm pretty sure had children singing the song. So I'm familiar with children singing the song. So it sounded appropriate. Mm-hmm. It was almost like one of those I don't want to say so bad it's good, but it's in the category of so bad it's good. It's so juvenile and baby Cindy and so lispy that you're like, all right, I'll go with it. (laughs) Well, and I was judging it too by, would I want to put this album on like this year? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. This just gives me a side note, guys. This just gives me um, just more, just more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Okay. This just gives me more reason, I'll just say why the three of us should go to some Halloween party as the Brady Bunch because Kristen could, there's a couple of reasons she can be Cindy. One, she's shorter than we are, <laughs> but she has such curly hair anyway that we could put it in in um, dog ears or ponytails, yep. pigtails, mm-hmm. whatever you guys want to call them, and curl them and they would stay in those little they curls, mm-hmm. right? And you could walk around and talk like that. Frosty the snowman. <laughs> You could carry your kitty, mm-hmm. carry, kitty, doll. carry yeah. all, and I'll be oh, Jan yeah. because, um, um, because uh, I hate her. Because yeah, because <laughs> Carolyn hates Jan, and I have a, a long straight <clears throat> blonde wig, and I would just kind of pull the side up right here, and then I would make oh, two curls with a little barrette. Yeah, oh, that one, yes. two little curls. That curls. Least curls. attractive. Ugh. Yeah, and I would and, wear a dress that was so short you could see my underwear. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd wear my glasses, but sometimes in the night I'd take them off and I wouldn't wear them and I'd just walk around and bump into squint. things. Squint. Just squint yeah. really hard. I just, I'd like walk into the snack table at the party and just like upend the punch bowl. You guys would go, Jan, why aren't you wearing your glasses? <laughs> that can be our shtick the whole night. Jan, why aren't you wearing your glasses? I'll just and crash I could into do my nose. I could make my nose really like yeah. inflated and you know oh, no, black Carol, and blue. You, you walk around like this all night. Just oh, do that's it. right. Put your hands over your face and you never take your hands down. And people would know exactly who you are if you yeah. walk around like this all night. And if they say, "What are you doing? What's wrong?" You just go, "Oh, my nose, my nose." <laughs> okay. 
Okay, invite us to your Halloween party, people. Yeah, we I guess the, the saddest the thing night. is we don't have a party to go to. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Stick with me, everyone. We're almost This will done. be on Zoom with um, the three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just do it ourselves. We're almost done. Silver Bells, another song by the group. It's another solid-ish performance by the group. I gave it a B. Then we go to Rudolph. Now, again, the album says this is Peter. But it's the group. So I'm thinking they clearly gave Christopher Knight a line. They intended Pete, they intended Christopher Knight, Peter, to sing Rudolph, and then immediately were like, nope. <laughs> nope. And they didn't Come want to tell everyone. him. They didn't want to tell him, so they left it. Right. Um, okay, Santa Claus is coming to town. It is also a group song, but it has a very dramatic open by Greg, which I thought was pretty cute. Let's listen to it. You better watch out. Better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. That's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the very last song on the album is We Wish You a Merry Christmas, and the whole group joins in together. They join in to wish us all a Merry Christmas, and despite the rest of the songs preceding it, I give this one an A+. Plus, and I think it's because it's just 35 seconds long. All they do is they sing one round of the chorus, and that's it. Oh, my God. (laughs) They were like, stop. Everybody just stop. Yeah, yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. you guys, real quick, I just want to, those of you listening, if you adore this album, and this is something that you can't have Christmas every year without listening to it because it brings back fond memories of the 70s for you, I totally get that, and I am on board with that. Um, But- I'm the one behind the mic, and those were my opinions. Um, Mm -hmm. However, you are not alone because I went on Amazon, and I just checked a few reviews. And um, I found found a few that really loved this – loved this album. Still give it five out of five stars. They basically say it just calls back – you know, their childhood and they remember listening to it. And so it wouldn't be Christmas without it. Fine. I just have to share just a few of these though. Like this one, who gives it five out of five stars um, and says, who wouldn't love a Christmas CD with the Brady Bunch singing? It's really a good album, regardless of that. (laughs) (laughs) But they gave it five out of five stars and say it's a fun blast from the past. Mm -hmm. However, um, let me just share a couple of these. This one, um, Gives it one out of five stars, and the title of the review is No, Just No. You guys, honestly, <laughs> I did not write this, but here's how the review starts. Just god-awful. You really have to be a masochist to sit through the whole thing. I got it as a gift for my sister, as a silly, nostalgic present, but even we couldn't stomach it, and we grew up on the Brady's. <laughs> I also oh, like this one that gives it one out of five stars. And their whole review is just, the audio wasn't good. <laughs> oh, is that the problem? <laughs> so I'm wondering if they actually just thought something was wrong with maybe their CD. <laughs> <laughs> they you wanted to return I'm it. Tra- yeah. The audio wasn't good. They all sounded really out of tune. <laughs> well, I have a couple of reflections on, on this mm-hmm. whole album. One is, if they have this album and they big about Christmas. Why do we only have that one Christmas episode of the Brady Bunch very early on that we talked about in our episode where Carol loses her voice? Why Mm -hmm. not every year do we have not some holiday episode? Because most sitcoms did back in the day Mm -hmm. and even now. So I'm curious about that. Right. Two, they reissued it. 
So not only did it come out in 1970, is it was it 1970? 70. You said yeah, 1970. Didn't you say they reissued it with in a new name? 1995. 1995. So somebody thought it was good enough to reissue it. Well, it goes back to what Kristen was saying earlier. I mean, Merry Christmas from the Brady Bunch or Christmas with the Brady Bunch, whichever one doesn't <laughs> confuse you. Um, that's a moneymaker, right? And it's still yeah. a moneymaker because let me tell you that I have Spotify, so I'm able to just listen to it and go, okay, I get the nostalgia. Again, people listening, I get I get the appeal of this album. It's not for me. But had I not been able, we, if we didn't live in this digital era where I could just listen to these songs and go, mm, not for me. 100% I would have bought that album had I seen it. And maybe I owned mm-hmm. it. I don't even remember. You guys know I don't remember. I have a lot of holes in my memory. But, you know, if I had just seen the CD out in 1996, <clears throat> oh, I, that would have been in my cart so fast. So it's money. I think it's money. Oh, They've got I'm the Brady sure Bunch name on it. Well, yeah, certainly for probably the reissue of it. And I'm also thinking adults weren't the audience for that album when it came mm-hmm. out. It mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the, you know... Us, the five, six, the kids. up to ten. Yeah. So we weren't as critical, you know, music reviewers back then. We felt like that could be us. We could be That's, sitting yeah. with them in there, you know, on that plaid little I couch. I didn't know and, what a bad singer was. Right. No. I didn't right. know what a bad TV show was. I didn't know what a bad movie was. Everything was good. Yeah. Right. No, <laughs> Carolyn, that's an excellent, excellent point. I would have been all about this album in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite Christmas albums in the 70s was The Chipmunks. So, you know, there we go. There's my <laughs> musical, my my level of, of taste. So and we're like, yes. why does my mom not like this? I don't and, understand. And the song I gave the solid, you know, the D minus two, Frosty the Snow, Frosty the Snowman, Frosty. that would have mm-hmm. that would have 100% been my favorite song on there because I was yeah. all about baby Cindy. So, yeah. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump, <laughs> get frosty, go. I'm just afraid what any of our friends with speech impediments might be thinking of us making. Oh, hey, I, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it because I, I actually had a lift. Oh, remember when right. I had Miss Forts? Yeah, Miss yeah, Forts. Yeah, I do remember I that. That was then, like the yeah. second grade, third grade, oh, second grade, <laughs> second grade. Yes. I loved Miss Forts. See, they're so funny, people. These two are so <laughs> damn funny. Carolyn, can you top yes. the Brady's? What you must have something crazy. I have this unending gratitude to you, Kristen. Oh, for, you are for assigning me this album. I listeners had to do a little research about the Walton's Christmas album. Yes, the Walton. <laughs> what? I know. And I was so appreciative because Kristen does know of my deep appreciation for this show. And my first reaction was, what? The Waltons had a Christmas album? How did I not know this? Because you might remember, listeners, I personally saved the show from being canceled when I wrote a letter to CBS begging them to keep the show on the air. So how I did not know about this album is beyond me. Uh, But just as the show will always hold a special place in my heart, so now will this album. It will be... On rotation in my Christmas music list. Yes, you guys. It had Your every, kids are going to be like, oh, to, no, it's the Waltons no. again. And I'm thinking, well, that's so good for that album. It has to be on somebody's rotation. Right. You Listeners, it's going to be on your rotation, let me tell you, because it has everything that my little Walton-loving heart could desire. Okay. The album opens with the theme from the television show. 
And it's Christmas-ified a little bit with the addition of some jingle bells and some church bells. (laughs) But honestly, when I heard those first notes, my breath caught, my heart skipped a beat, and I challenge anyone to not feel that little sense of nostalgia when you hear that song. It just gets you in the mood. And while no cast members, unlike our Brady Bunch album, no cast members actually sing on the album, the the songs are actually performed by a group called the Holiday Singers, which if I had to be in any singing group, I would want to be in the Holiday Singers. That is clever. If I got to just sing holiday songs all the time. And then sing on all the albums. Yes. Holiday Singers. Right. The Holiday Singers. Each track on the album is introduced with a vignette narrated by Earl Hamner Jr., (gasps) As oh adult John Boy. Oh, that Just gave me like the episodes on the TV show. Yes. I am getting, I am, I thought this was going to be so ironic and I'm getting nipple lightning right now. No, I, exactly. She's actually She's holding surges. her boobs, you guys. I, yes, I'm, I'm pushing the nipples down. You guys, <laughs> listening, that distinct, recognizable Virginia accent, Earl Hamner, as adult John Boy, is reminiscing about picking the perfect Christmas tree on Walton's Mountain or how the whole family gathered by the fire during a cold winter storm. It just puts you in the mood. The first hint that Christmas was on its way would come with the arrival of the new mail-order catalog. My father called it the Wish Book. While the great winter storms raged around the mountain, we would gather safe and warm around the long wooden kitchen table, gaze long and longingly at each page of the wish book, and dream our Christmas dreams. The best track, though, I have to say on the album, has to be Grandpa's Wish. Okay, this is spoken... I just got goosebumps again. (laughs) ...by Grandpa Zebby Walton himself, Will Gear, and he is sharing what Christmas means to him and what he wishes... Christmas would be. I can hear that voice. I can just, you're not even saying the words that he said yet, and I can already hear the voice. Oh, and it is so comforting. And he is speaking as the almost hundred year old Zebby. His message is as timely now. We exchange gifts, but what those presents really say is, I love you. Makes some folks uncomfortable to say or hear these words. Maybe it's because they never learned the secret of the given heart. There are more takers than givers in the world. People, communities, even countries spending their time grubbing and rooting for the goods of this earth like pigs after acorns in the fall of the year. This is a country with a given heart, and I pray it will always be so. We'll do it, Zebby. We'll do it. Zebulon. That's right. You're Mm -hmm. exactly right. I mean, this whole album feels like a mini episode of The Waltons. That's what I was just thinking, Carolyn. Yes. I found myself as comforted, as entertained as I was when I was sitting on like my yellow shag carpet in front of our Magnavox TV. It is that same feeling that comes rushing back. It's sort of like when you would sit down in your room and listen to a story album and there might have been some songs in the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a musical. It's like because when you said that it wasn't that they didn't sing the songs and it was the holiday singers, I was like, well, that's a bait and switch. But no, it sounds like Uh this is more about Grandpa Walton and John Boy and setting up those scenes like they do on the show. And then we'll comfort ourselves with a little song. That's exactly it. I couldn't have described it better myself. It is so soothing. I've been listening to it 
rather nonstop for the last few days as I've been researching oh. this um, episode. I love that because because I didn't watch the Waltons a lot. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of having them like set a scene for me. And I can almost imagine it. And then listen to a beautiful choir sing a traditional Christmas song. That seems like a really good album to have on like in the middle of a snowy day when you're on the couch with a book and a mug of hot coffee or a hot tea or hot chocolate or something, doesn't it? I loved it so much that yesterday, friends, I actually went on eBay and I purchased the record because I wanted to hear it as it sounded. You need to hear the little originally so excited. Right. Mm -hmm. Crackles and all. So Kristen... I will be eternally indebted to you for giving this song to me to research and for putting it on my radar because it will never be off of it now. That is not what I expected. That is amazing. It was so, so great. I do want to say, though, that if you want to hear a Christmas album where some of the cast is singing, in 1999, there was a um, Christmas Together Again, with the Walton, something like that. I'll put a link to that, too, where the cast members do sing. There are some original oh. songs. And those were written by Jason Walton himself, John Walmsley. And I think that Jason Walton slash John Walmsley has a little music career now. But I, okay. and I, from what I remember, Aaron, the character who played Aaron, was the one to mm-hmm. say, let's do this Christmas album. Um, so, yeah. So, if you want to hear them actually singing, you can purchase the 1995 or listen to it on Spotify. That was really okay. a hot time because pass. you just said <laughs> – <laughs> Michelle, you just said that the Brady Bunch album was released in, re-released in 1995. The mm-hmm. Waltons do their Chris, reunion Christmas oh. album in 1995. Not, the early 90s is when they started re-releasing Schoolhouse Rock. This is when we, the people who consumed those things, were adults – And I just gotten our first jobs. Becoming parents. We were were starting, yeah, we were becoming parents and teachers. And we were looking back, just starting to look back on our childhoods fondly. Because we were just getting out of childhood. That's a good point. That's exactly right. Isn't that interesting? exactly right. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good time to um, pause for a word from our sponsor in the form of a very special album called Christmas Eve. Oh, God, I can't even say it. (laughs) Christmas (laughs) Eve. Christmas Eve with Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Yes. No. 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 I don't want. Did you get it free with a bucket of chicken? Was it like a single that you got free? It was a full album. Oh. And you did indeed buy it at Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) This is where it was available for purchase. And the Colonel released three albums between, (laughs) for every Christmas between 1967 and 1970. And they were, they actually, the Colonel doesn't sing. So it is a bait and switch. It's actually a compilation. Chicken um, clucking. But the chickens don't oh, have a happy story. I don't story mean the Sesame Street chickens, no. chickens. Like the Muppet chickens. Those Muppet chickens. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, so he's not singing, but he does look an awful lot like Santa Claus, which no. is, I think, maybe this is why, this is where the idea came from, because they're like, put a red hat on that guy, and he looks like Santa. But on the cover, he's it's Colonel Sanders, completely just a red Santa hat. 
you know exactly who it is. Yeah, but see, I, I have a hard time with that because this, the colonel always sort of looked like a pedophile to me. Like he is like, he's oh, 100%. like, oh, good. You, the first look on your face, Super like, creepy. I thought I offended you. And you're like, oh, 100 <laughs> So I don't want my I, dad. Do not, I don't want to have any I don't want to live in any world where we're comparing Colonel Sanders to um, Santa Claus. Santa. I love Santa. I can't. I'm just trying to think. There's like Mm -hmm. a, I guess there's a display by the cash register with them, and maybe it's you know a dollar ninety nine with the purchase of a you know family meal, and your kid wants it. It looks like Santa, and you're thinking, well, we need a new album for the holidays. It's only a dollar ninety nine. Maybe I don't know about it. This was 1970, so we're not talking about CDs or cassettes. This is a full 12 inch record album. (laughs) Displayed at the counter where you're ordering your bucket. It's right? like, and then, How? and then what else? Is like the Burger King King? Is he the next one? Yes. Like, <laughs> and please, listeners, Ronald McDonald, you. I want to know if any of our listeners were fortunate enough to have this <gasps> yes. album oh, growing please. up. Please, oh, let, please us let us know. Let us know. Let us know. And let's put okay, a, so let's did... put an image of that um, in our weekly reader this yes. week because I need all of I, these yeah. album covers will be in the weekly reader because they are special. <laughs> they are they are quite <laughs> oh, special. Good gracious! So Colonel Sanders, like we said, did not sing. It was generally popular artists of the time. So it was people like. Charlie Pride, Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops, Kate Smith, again, who's like, um, um, Harry Belafonte, Chet Atkins, um, Henry Mancini, and, oh, and, oh, and the Cartwrights, Ben, Haas, and Little Joe. Oh, no. From okay, the Also, this is yeah. almost like bait and switch. This is almost like false advertising. It is. Because mm-hmm. I'm a little kid, you know, I've got my little cup of mashed potatoes with that gelatinous gravy <laughs> on top, you know, my little corn on the cup. And then you're like, hey, look, it's it's Colonel Claus. I want this Colonel Claus because you think he's singing. And then it's like Charlie Pride. And Kate Smith, like that's almost like how can they even market that under Colonel Sanders? Claus okay, but honestly, what Christmas. kid wanted to hear Colonel Sanders sing any song? Let alone well, a good point. Song. It's a good point, but I guess my question is why even then market it as a Colonel Sanders album at all? Why? Why, why? couldn't it just be like, hey, buy this great, you know, hits of the '60s or these, you know, or Christmas from right. your favorites? And you, when you look at the album cover, it looks like an album. By Colonel Sanders. <laughs> well, then that's it just is stupid is what it is, yeah. because I would <laughs> think that would work against the... the I, I don't want that. Yeah, I, would think I do that not would want make, that. I think I would well, somebody way did, more, but I would way more buy the four album. different years. Yeah, they did. Right? I mean, they mm-hmm. came out four different times, so they were obviously successful. Also, can we just say how stupid the the marketing people were? Because if they were smart, they would have put the Bonanza th- Trio on the cover. Because, hey, <laughs> on the cover. I'm buying an album. Yes. I'm buying an album with young Michael Landon on it. Yeah. Okay, I just think it's so funny. This is like the Brady Brunch. Bun- the Brady Brunch. The, it's not brunch time. The brunch time. It can Actually, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not... Michael Landon and Lauren Green on the record. It's Ben Cartwright and yeah, Haas and Brady Bunch, Marsha Brady. They were Peter singing Brady. in character. And actually, this came from so the cast of Bonanza actually released their own Christmas album in 1963. <laughs> of course. Where did. they also sing in character. It's not Michael Landon on the album singing, it's Little Joe. Little Joe is singing this. But song. Michael Landon is actually singing though, right? Yes, he is. I want to yes, hear that. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. That would be a good one. 
I'm going to go look that one up. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, <laughs> You hear like, like the horses <laughs> of banjo clopping. clopping. Yeah. Clop. Like yes. the jingle bells. On the- yeah. Mm-hmm. I really want to hear that one too. I'm sure there's some spoken word. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, neighbors. <laughs> Merry Christmas, neighbor. Happy days to you. Merry Christmas, neighbor. All the whole year through. <laughs> okay, this next one. This is my pick. This next one is legit. This is next level. This was actually the biggest selling Christmas album of 1971. It is an actual go-to for me. And I'm not being facetious. I'm not being ironic. I actually love this album. And that is A Partridge Family Christmas Card by The Partridge Family. (laughs) Well, right, but they could sing. (laughs) Well, Dad, those secret people in the studio sure could sing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, okay, but if we're going to compare it to like Brady, I mean, you know, the Brady Bunch also hated, they hated that comparison too, but... It, it, I would and it's, there's it. no comparison, right? I was right? There's say. No, absolutely no comparison. This was an actual singing show, and these are actual singers who sing on this actual album, mm. which is why I love it so much. It was actually the fourth studio album by the Partridge Family, and it was released in 1971, November of 1971. So if you think about it, the show started in September of 1970, and this is their fourth album. Wow! wow. In one year. One year, they do four albums. And the piece de resistance is that the uh, album she cover. goes with her French. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to try and do Merry Christmas and, oh, Joyeux Noël. Um, oh, definitely going to cut that because that sounds <laughs> yeah. The album cover contained a Christmas card tucked into an envelope and signed by the whole Partridge family. Not with their character names. So not Little Haas or Haas and Little Joe and <laughs> little Marsha, Haas. M-A-R-S-H-A, Little Haas and Big Haas. It was their actual names. I saw one on eBay for $95. If it had the card, if the album doesn't have the card, because you could take the card in and out. With no card, it was like $3.99. So people wanted that Christmas card. Like, oh, the Partridge just sent me a card. <laughs> Look at that. So the biggest song on the album was... My Christmas Card to You. It was an original song, but the remainder of the tracks are are standards, just like all of these other Mm -hmm. albums. My Christmas Card to You was written by Tony Romeo, who also wrote I Think I Love You, clearly has the magic touch. He also wrote some hits for the Cowsills. And as we know, the Partridge Family was based on the Cowsills. So like most of the Partridge Family songs on their other albums, the lead vocals are sung by David Cassidy, a.k.a. Keith Partridge. And then there are backup singers, including Shirley Jones and studio musicians, Danny Bonaducci and Lori and and, uh, Tracy and Chris don't actually sing. They just lip sync. Um, And this but this album also has one of the very few Partridge Family recordings that feature Shirley Jones on lead. She's oh, nice. always backup, but she sings lead on the Christmas song. Um, and of course, she does a lovely job. It's just like right here to your eye. It's so good. There are only two tracks on the album that were featured on the TV show, Winter Wonderland and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And this was in the second season episode called Don't Bring Your Guns to Town, Santa, which is the one where their oh, bus geez. breaks down in a ghost town on Christmas. <laughs> 
Oh, do you see a white horse? Wait, do they do they see little Hoss? <laughs> little Hoss and Big Joe? <laughs> or did they see Marsha, Jan, or Cindy? Or when they, I'm you know, sure. they got stuck in the ghost town as well. You guys, you that guys, would have been such a fun crossover. I think it's it got to be the same ghost town. <laughs> and tell me, why why do TV shows not go to ghost towns anymore? I don't know. I always wanted to go to a ghost town. For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, why? there are no more ghost towns on TV. It's, I think it's a loss. I'm just going to say I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> so this version of White Christmas is my favorite version of White Christmas. It's so 70s. It's got this sort of John Denver sounding riff in the beginning. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the one And then you have David Cassidy's voice, which, of course, is so recognizable. And the Partridge family, the people who did the casting on the Partridge family, they hit the jackpot because they hired David Cassidy not knowing he could sing. They didn't know. Simon Cowell would have said he had the S factor. And that's that voice, you guys, I was going to say it's music to my ears, but it's literally music to my ears. (laughs) It is music to my ears. And I fall in love a little bit every time I hear it. So hearing him sing a song that I hate, it makes everything all better. It's like, it's a total salve to me. All of the standards on this Partridge Family album have a very unique Partridge Family sound, which makes this a standout album. It makes it different from all the rest. A lot of what made them different was um, a lot of harpsichord, a lot of flute, a lot of ba 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 And you know, I will listen to any song with a good papa in it. Yeah. Lots of papas. And I love it. They even passed the Jingle Bells test. Jingle Bells. Brady Bunch yeah. Jingle Bells. I Jingle Bells, in my opinion, should only be sung by school children, not recording artists, except Barbara Streisand. And apparently <laughs> the bell, Partridge bell, family. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. Jingle yeah, and this, jingle. so this... <laughs> Sorry. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. You can't stop. Only Barbara Streisand and the Partridge family can sing Jingle Bells. And the rest, let's just leave it to the elementary school children. Yeah, or qua- so this- or like um, or um, people who come to your they don't do this anymore. But remember when you used to get carolers, we'd get carolers. Yeah, they can sing jingle bells. Yeah, sure. yeah, they can do jingle bells. But no recording out artist no. jingles just doesn't have the the gravitas that other songs do. It's just a <laughs> song depth. for school children, <laughs> right? The There's nothing there. There's nothing there. So this was the number one album on Billboard magazine's special Christmas album sales chart for all four weeks that the magazine published that year, and. I had actually forgotten about this album until I went to see a local show here in Minneapolis called A Christmas Carol Peterson, which was a one-man show about a man growing up as the only, the one and only gay kid in his small town of Mankato, Minnesota. That's where, if you recall, that's where Pa Ingalls went when he needed something fancy, like Mm -hmm. a plow or a special ribbon for Caroline or something. So the guy in the show 
This guy's mom, or more accurately, his impression of his mom, Carol Peterson, was the star of the show, hence the name of the show. And in the show, he describes running across the street to his best friend Mara Meisel's house to play Partridge Family. So when it's time for the finale of the show, they roll out this Mondrian-esque Partridge Family bus-style background, and they roll out a drum kit, and the music starts, and he says, This one's for you, Mara Meisel! (laughs) And they close the show with a raucous rendition of My Christmas Card for You, even though Mara Meisel doesn't celebrate Christmas, but she (laughs) sure as hell celebrates the Partridge Family. And I, in this moment, I am a Husker dude so hard. I am smacked in the face with this song that I haven't heard since the Partridge Family was cool. And I'm doing that like laughing, crying thing like, ah! (laughs) And and everyone in the audience is doing the same exact thing. This is pre-streaming when you couldn't listen to any song you wanted, any time you wanted. So these people also, like me, had not heard this song since they sold that album at their garage sale in 1979. (laughs) This was like finding gold in them thar hills. And no one is nonchalant about hearing this song. It was as if David Cassidy himself surprised us and was on that (laughs) stage. I think it's just proof that what we talk about on this podcast can trigger extreme joy, like capital J joy. All of those people in that audience were beside themselves. And it wasn't even David Cassidy. (laughs) It was just some guy singing a David Cassidy song. But he touched a nerve that lit us up like firecrackers. And now that album is on my rotation every Christmas. And I just love it. All your family, your neighbors and your friends May all your days be happy with the joy that never ends May peace and love surround you at Christmas time and all the whole year through So now I have a challenge for our listeners. What is the most 70s 70s album that you enjoy every year? Or more precisely, did enjoy every year? If you got in the Wayback Machine and visited yourself in the prime of your childhood, send us a message and let us know. We won't judge. We promise. Because some of our best Christmases were when we weren't in charge. And all we had to do was show up and sing Jingle Bells as loudly as we could. What better way to rekindle that magical holiday feeling than by putting ourselves in our own shoes 45 years ago? I say bring on the chipmunks, right? Bring on the chipmunks. Well, maybe not the chipmunks, but sure. Thank you so much for listening today. And for those who celebrate, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. For those who don't, thanks for indulging us today. And we wish you peace and love throughout the year. If you're subscribed to our email newsletter, you guys, The Weekly Reader, you'll get to see the covers of all these albums we've talked about. And as you can imagine, they are spectacular. I mean, Colonel Sanders, Santa hat, need we say more. I don't know about spectacular. Hopefully we're going to, hopefully we can drop a few of the playlists and videos in there too. So you'll get the full 70s Christmas album experience. Getting the weekly reader is like getting our show notes delivered straight to your inbox every Friday morning. And if you're not signed up, you can simply visit our website check out our link in bio on Instagram, or click on the link in our show notes. It's simple, it's easy, and you won't regret it a bit. 
Thanks so much to everyone for supporting us by sharing our podcast with others. Honestly, that is the best gift you can give us this year. Um, if you like our conversations and our society. And thank you to those of you who take the time to rate, to review, and to follow us where you listen. Taking a minute or two to click those stars or write a nice review, just it means the world to us. And it tells all the people you don't know how wonderful the PCPS is. And that's apparently very important in the podcasting world and is really the only way we will keep getting heard. So thank you. And a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Today, we are giving a special shout out to patrons, Beth, Donna, Felicia, Jennifer, Jill, and Joanne. Thank you so much. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. Two good times. Two happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. And the Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. Love and it will keep moving on Something I